You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Yo! What is going on, everybody? This is Jimmy Kemsky from phillyvoice.com, and with me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of bleedinggreennation.com. Brandon, how are you today? Jimmy, I'm glad to be here with you on BGN Radio 140 on day eight of Eagles training camp. I believe those numbers are all right. Who knows? It was a lighter day today, Jimmy, for the Eagles, but before we get into today's show, just obviously always want to mention to everyone that BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Home Craft Turkey, and you can get the same meat snacks and non-meat snacks that the Eagles do by going to RighteousHome.com and using discount code BGN15, that's BGN15 at RighteousHome.com at checkout for 15% off. Jimmy, we have a special show today because since practice was light, unless there's anything you want to get to... It was hot. It was I mean, not, not, not even hot so much. It was really humid today. Hmm. It was rough, and there was no water. <laughs> Again, complaining when like the you know the the players on the field they were hitting today, so I don't feel too bad for them today. But uh, but yeah, it was it was it was today was what hottest day of camp you'd say so far. I guess it wasn't as bad to me because we weren't out there for so long. I feel like maybe yesterday or one of these days recently has been worse. But um, but it was a light day. Of practice, Do you get hot obviously. with that beard? Uh no, I feel fine, really. Because I always wonder that about like you know players. Yeah, because Brandon's got a Brandon's got a big beard. Yeah. And, uh, I'm never shaving again. It's kind of like a protest to the whole coronavirus. It's just like you know, well, this thing started. Well, now I'm just never going to shave until it's I over. was I was going to not shave for a long time, and uh, I realized that I'm not a good beard grower. Mm. So I had to. After like two weeks, I gave up, and I was like, "Yeah, yeah. it's just not it's just not in the cards for me. It sucks. I would have you know, I'd like to have a beard option if I wanted it, yeah. but I guess I'm just not very." Uh, Manly in the facial hair department. Unlike me, clearly. <laughs> um, yeah, so short practice today. No, it's pretty much suck. There's nothing like too great. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, sp- I wrote like 400 words on Noah Tangiai. So if that's go. any indication of uh, what happened today. Uh, yeah. So what we're going to do instead is uh, we did a Q&A, I don't know, what, a few weeks ago in which uh, I asked, uh, you know, our followers on Twitter for some questions that they wanted answers to and i asked brandon those questions he did not know what those questions were going to be and this time we're going to do it the other way around so brandon asked for questions on twitter and uh you got a decent amount of them right yeah like 19 or 20 or so it's it's the blind mailbag 19 that you got or 19 or 20 that you're using uh, we'll see how it goes. Some of them here <laughs> might be redundant. Oh, well, I mean, or... you got you got more than nineteen or twenty. Oh, yeah, them. yeah, okay. Yeah, I got okay. I got to get them out. I grabbed most of them that I that I found. Um, why don't we just get started here, Jimmy? Yeah. Okay. And this is from at Eagle underscore Mass. All these are on Twitter, obviously. Uh, going to training camp, wide receiver was a big question mark with a lot of what ifs. Well, 
Jalen Rager appears to be the real deal. J.J. Ortega-Whiteside appears to be closer to the player they wanted. And both John Hightower and Quez Watkins look legit. Dare I say that the wide receiver position is actually a all-caps strength now, or at least not a concern. Loyal reader, Mass Eagles, by the way. I still think it's a what-if situation, because we haven't seen him play in a real game yet. Well, we've seen J.J. play in a real game yet, and that didn't go well. So, like, uh, J.J. had a decent camp last year. I wouldn't say he had a great camp, but I'd say he had a you know good camp for a rookie, I guess. And then, you know, he had 100-something uh, receiving yards in in, uh, in 16 games that he played in. So I still want to see it in the games that matter, but I would say in all four of those cases, all encouraging signs. So Rager is, I mean, just a stud athletically, and I think that it's going to be real hard for him not to be uh, a good player in the NFL with just the tools that he's been given. And, uh, I mean, just his speed and his jumping ability and his raw athleticism. It's going to be really hard for him not to be a decent player. And then uh, J.J., as, as, as Mass Eagle noted, uh, he is looking more like the player they thought they were drafting. Uh, I think he's made a lot, of, a lot of very good catches in this camp, some contested catches. I think he does look a little bit more spry than he was last year. Uh, and then Hightower and Watkins have both uh, kind of looked like they're not totally lost, first of all. Like, they're not... Neither of those guys is Shelton Gibson, like where you could tell right away that it was going to take a long time, if ever, for Shelton Gibson to be any kind of contributor. And uh, Hightower has been sort of a uh, like a smooth, uh, slippery route runner. He's caught, you know, pretty much everything that's come his way. Uh, and t- by that, I mean he hasn't really had any drops. And Quez Watkins has definitely shown off his speed so far. And uh, has has I think he's he's made his share of nice plays as well. So encouraging on all four accounts there. But again, you know we've been we've been fooled by receivers in camp before. But I think they're all off to excellent starts. Yeah, to me, it's a concern until it's proven otherwise. I'm yeah, not, just, they do not deserve the benefit of the doubt by any means. Like they have to go into the season and prove that it is a strength, or again, at least not a concern. I am encouraged by what I've seen for all the reasons Jimmy just said and. On the Shelton Gibson note, yeah, I mean, he just he had so he had a drop, literally at least he couldn't like catch. one drop. He could not day. catch the football, and and that's not been the case with any of these guys. So that's a really good thing, I yes. guess, By the way, like at least especially coming off of last year where there were so many crucial drops, I've and even Aguilar, I feel like for as good as he might look sometimes in practice and stuff, like the drops were still he there. had a lot of drops in yeah. practice. Yeah, every and every just, year, especially as a rookie, every but every year, every year, every year, and I and I don't see that with these guys. I really have not seen that as like any kind of a big issue. I remember like JJ had like one break to drop some punts, but I think he's better been doing that. I haven't really noticed. I, like I saw Watkins maybe drop one or two, but I, it's, it's nothing to the extent where like oh that guy can't catch he right to fix that. So uh, yeah, I'm not ready to say it's a strength or even not a concern, but I would say I am encouraged and uh, there's potential here, and we'll see how it goes. All right. Next question. Loyal listener and good friend here, Neil Dutton. At oh, yeah. Dutton 13. Across the pond. Across the pond. International question here, Jimmy. Uh, and I like this one. Who have been your all-time, quote, it'll happen, I know it will, end quote, Eagles players for whom it <laughs> never happened? I like that one. Uh, can question. I say <laughs> – well, currently, I would say it's Derek Barnett. Um, we'll see what happens. I actually think he had a decent year last year, but whatever. Uh, but historically speaking, that's tough. You know what? Um, one guy that I really liked back in the day, mm-hmm. 
was Ryan. Do you remember Ryan Motes? I do. I love Ryan. The Motes. running back, and then just never happened with him. You were a big Cobb guy too. I feel like. Yeah, I so like, and I think for sort of good reason. Like when he got to play <laughs> early. Well, so like he had some really stellar games mm. when he when he filled in. Big steps. Yeah, I don't know about that. Like I thought he looked legitimately good in those games too. I mean, he was good enough to get a you know uh, what was considered a time not a type, top flight cornerback, but a very talented cornerback in uh, in uh, you know DRC and uh, a high second round pick. Joe Banner has mentioned you know numerous times that they you know had the uh, lockout not occurred, they would have gotten the fifth overall pick from Patrick Peterson. Yeah, which would have turned into Patrick Peterson. So there, I mean, so you know, people around the league thought that. I mean, they if, if you know if I was fooled by uh, my false uh, you know games or stats or whatever, then so was the rest of the league too because uh, he did have interest on the trade market. But yeah, I would I would agree with that too. Like I, Cobb was a guy that uh, that I thought had a chance to be a, a good starting quarterback in the NFL. Never happened. I think my original one would have been like a Cornelius Ingram. Just really believed in him. Like okay. I remember that. Just thought that was such a steal in the draft. And I guess that he, that pick is kind of soured me on not only injury guys yeah. but also like these day three people that we always think are like steals um, and oftentimes it doesn't work out so, so that's an example and I would say Damaris Johnson I just thought Damaris Johnson yeah. was, like, he had such a good training camp 2013 and I really just thought there was something there and unfortunately there was not I thought he could have been you know basically even an even better version of Greg Ward I just thought he was so good after the catch and everything but, uh, who, who would Ben Solax be? <laughs> It's hard to say. It's really hard to guess. <laughs> Does Michael have one? I don't. I mean, Mike's kind of in on JJ, so it could be. Okay. Could be. The, and, and Sidney Jones, really. That's, okay. That's actually, that's actually honest. Uh, Michael Kisses one is Sidney Jones, probably. At It's 1-1, one, one, I think that's spelled out. Who has a better chance of getting a contract extension, Jalen Mills or Nate Geary? I think both of them do. Um, yeah, but who is better? <sighs> It's a good question. I think, like, you know, heading into camp, it would have been Nate. But I think that Mills has really kind of shown something in his move to safety. I mean, we got to see the play the games and whatnot. I'm going to go Mills just because Schwartz loves him so much. I can't imagine him playing anywhere else other than for Jim Schwartz. So I'll go Mills, but I think uh, both guys are, are potentially in line for you know a long-term deal. I forget the rule. I feel like it used to be like you couldn't resign a player at a certain point on a one-year deal, like in season. But yeah, there's something like that, that. Yeah, I don't know if that applies, but it, it would if that was the, the case. Yeah, that wouldn't apply to Nate, obviously. Yeah, then that that would make Gary because like I could see Gary kind of get off to a strong start, and then maybe they do something like they did, you know, back with Timmy Jernigan when they traded for him, or some of these they've done in-season extensions the past few years. You yeah, know, you look at the special teamers. You look at Lane Johnson and Brandon Brooks last year. I mentioned Jernigan earlier. So if Gary like has a strong start to the year, I would say like it's a there's a better chance potentially that he could get signed first. But I do think both of them will receive contract extensions unless like they just obviously totally just blow the yeah, yeah 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 it's obvious if, if they're at least like solid. I think they're probably going to be around um, for the long term. But those are the two. Like I, I would have those two uh, at the top, and then I can't really think of too many other guys that. I mean Barnett maybe if he's playing well. But then beyond that, like there's really not too many, and the, certainly they could, uh, you know, redo contracts for the sake of you know pushing money into future years and whatnot. But I wouldn't consider that like a 
contract extension in the same way that it would be for Barry Mills Barnett. At JZell85 asks, assuming the top six wide receivers are healthy, and I guess, you know, we're assuming that's the guys we have in our 53-man roster, so Deshaun, uh, Greg Ward, Jalen Rager, J.J. Ortega-Whiteside, Quez Watkins, and John Hightower are all healthy, who gets sacrificed when Alshon returns from PUP, or do they go overkill and keep seven on the active roster? I think this is a good question, because I guess I didn't really think yeah. about that part of it. Like, I, I kind of had brought up to you, Alshon is a loser for me from camp, just because the receivers have looked good, and I don't think the team is going to be in a rush to rush him back if he comes back, but yeah, what do they do? Like, how do they even bring him back, assuming, you know, all seven, all those six guys are healthy, and, you know, there isn't an obvious spot to put him in if someone's hurt. Love JZL85, by the way. Um, but yeah, so... I guess at some point you have to assume that one of the receivers is going to go down by by the timeout. Because is almost certainly going to start the year on PUP. So, uh, you know, at a minimum, he's not going to come back until after the sixth game. So the other question, too, I guess, before I even answer the question that he asked is if the offense is like coming along, do you, are you in any rush to get Alshon back on the team? Because you can just keep him on pop indefinitely. Yep. Like, are you in any rush to bring him back? Should be. Like, if J.J. shows anything, and if, like, you know, uh, Deshaun is staying healthy, and Rager has shown something in his rookie year, and maybe and the team getting, is winning. you're getting something out of, like, I remember, like, you know, Matt Collins was at least sort of productive in his rookie year. I thought he was fine for a number four receiver. Yeah. So, like, if Hightower or Quez Watkins can be that, uh, you know, are you, are you really in any rush to get Alshon back on the roster? So, you know, if they are struggling along and they really do need a receiver to, to come in, and Alshon comes in, that I think it becomes an easier decision just because there's somebody that isn't producing there. You know what I mean? So, yeah, yeah maybe they could just keep seven, but um, I don't think it's as tough a decision as uh, as it may appear right now. I think in six weeks, it won't look like a very difficult decision. Yeah, and I think the, the answer to the question would be that Alshon gets sacrificed in that like they just wouldn't activate him if everyone's looking great like they're not gonna they're yeah. just not gonna force that they're not gonna get rid of like you know john Hightower or quez watkins just to like force all sean back so and if, and if everyone isn't looking great then it'll be obvious who uh, isn't and then you can you can just get rid of that guy at less than ted asks has davion taylor been getting any reps with the ones no <laughs> no he not. no he is not as far as and i've seen I wanted to touch on this yesterday. I was thinking about it, uh, looking at Sean Bradley, who is also ahead of him on special teams, by the way. Mm-hmm. Like Sean Bradley was a first-team special teams kickoff coverage unit, while Davion Taylor is not. I still think Taylor will play on special teams, but it's worth noting. And I, I think it's like it's so clear that Bradley is ready to play sooner in terms of like you know Sean Bradley's playing middle linebacker and he's helping line up the defense. Like Davion Taylor is still trying to learn football to some yeah, extent. Yeah, like yeah. those those guys are just on different paths developmental wise and I think Bradley's just like more ready to play right away. Um, Davion might be uh might be uh an inactive guy. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, I guess it comes down to special teams, but yeah. Obviously he's not going to get cut. Like he's going to make the roster. He's a lock because he's a third round pick. There's no way you're going to cut him, but um I, I mean I haven't seen anything bad out of him necessarily i just haven't seen him stand out really in any way i mean i guess he had you know there was one play i thought he had decent coverage on somebody but i mean did you did, like nobody's written about him like i haven't seen anything out of him obviously nobody else has really either but uh yeah so i think he's going to be a guy that just doesn't get which is kind of like what we expected when they picked him in the first place anyway but um yeah i don't i don't think he's going to see much daylight uh on uh, in regular season games out of the gate 
he even admitted after practice today on conference call that like you know Jim Schwartz's uh, assertion that it's really hard for you know, rookie linebackers and safeties yeah. to kind of learn the defense. And make, like he admitted that, like, yeah, it has been challenging. So yeah. Uh, yeah. even honesty from him on that. Uh, at THFC Moose asks, should the Eagles trade Zach Ertz now to maximize his value? No. You can already make the <laughs> argument that Dallas Goddard is the more complete player, so extending a 30-year-old Ertz seems like a waste of money. No. The Eagles still think they're Super Bowl contenders, so you're not going to get rid of Carson Wentz's best target over, you know, over the entirety of, of his career. Like, Ertz has led the team in receiving every year during the Doug Peterson-Carson Wentz era. You're not going to trade him this year. Next year... If you don't like, if he doesn't have a new deal by by next year, yeah, I can see the logic in that. If like you're if if you're like receivers, if you're happy with like your what you have at receiver at that point, and Dallas Goddard looks like he, I mean Dallas Goddard already looks like a, like a like a starting tight end. Obviously, I think he's you know easily one of the top ten tight ends in the NFL, maybe even more than that. But uh, you're not like you're not going to get rid of your one sure thing, tried and true, good. You know, and he's he's a tight end, but I'll call him a receiver just before the start of the season. No way. Yeah, this is a Madden. That's what I always go back to. It's not like you just. <laughs> right. It's not that simple when you just take a piece out like that. There's also yeah. like a locker room aspect. He's one of the leaders on the team, one of the most respected players. He's the player that is like super tight and best friends with the franchise quarterback. Yeah, like you don't just toss that guy aside. Like, oh, you know what? Uh, Goddard's better. It's time to uh, flip the switch, like right now, like days before the season. Like this is not going to happen. Um, it'd be at, a jarring. It'd be a jarring change. It would be. It'd be a team changing move if they were to do something like that. It's not even. It's not even. In, it's not really even. even a, that's not really even a question, in my opinion. Uh, at underscore Joel Bryant underscore a loyal listener for many years now, dear friend of the podcast. Actual question: How would you rank? Zach Ertz, Greg Ward, Deshaun Jackson, Dallas Goddard, Jalen Rager, and Jay Jaw. So again, that's Ertz, Ward, Deshaun, Goddard, Rager, Jay Jaw. In terms of who will get the most to fewest targets. Oh, all right. Well, Ertz is one clearly. I would say Ertz is one. <laughs> yeah, uh, two is hard. I'm gonna go. I would say De- I'm gonna Deshaun. go Deshaun. Yeah, yeah, Deshaun. I mean, to pick anything other than him would assume that he's gonna get injured, which is probably a good assumption. But there is a chance he could stay healthy, so I'll go Deshaun. Uh, three will be Rager because he's going to be a starting receiver. Mm. What about Ward though? He he is too. Yeah, but and Carson likes throwing to him. But I mean, Rager is going to be in the game when they when they're in two tight end sets. Okay, Ward is not. Rager's mm. not going to come off the field, in my opinion. Rager's going to start, and he's just going to stay on the field. I think. I don't know if I fully agree with that because no? I think JJ is going to have a role too, and he's going to rotate in. Yeah, that, and he's that's the most fair. Natural that's X, fair. That's and, fair. And, and Rager is playing in that X role. So, I mean, if, if Deshaun gets hurt, yeah, it's a different story. But I think I think Rager might start, yes, but I think JJ's still going to play, too. So I'll go Rager 3. I'll go Ward 4. JJ 5. No, 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 I'm sorry. I'll go Goddard 4. Okay. JJ, no, sorry, Ward 5. JJ 6. That sounds about right. I'm, I'm pretty much there. Okay. At Bonsai Brutwilla. Ask which player who probably won't make the 53 man roster has looked the best in practices so far. And parentheses they add, I guess, just another way of asking your top choice for practice yeah. spot if they don't get claimed. Yeah, so uh, I think it's whoever gets cut uh, if they don't keep six defensive ends. I think it's whoever gets cut between Casey Tuhill and Joe yep. Osman. And then 
So that's your answer. Just yeah, so that's things. my yeah. It's going to okay. be one of those two guys. Those they they both had good camps, and I think they can both even potentially. Well, Gosman maybe uh, has a better ch- chance of contributing this year than Two Hill does. Uh, but uh, yeah, th- those two guys. I think you know you, you run the risk of actually losing one of those two guys if you if you cut them. I would say Deontay Burnett. I feel strongly that's that a good Deontay one too. Burnett deserves to be on like an NFL team somewhere. If the Eagles cut him. I feel like there has to be if there's a receiver needy team out there, like they should just give take a shot on him because I feel like he can play. Like he should be a lock for the practice squad if he doesn't make the team. I'll go so like if that's if we're phrasing it that way, I think Sidney Jones will get snapped up by somebody. Like if they cut Sidney Jones, somebody's going somebody's going to claim him. But I wouldn't necessarily say like like if they cut him, they're not looking to bring him back on the practice squad. That's just a clean break in my opinion, which is kind of how that question was phrased. Like, would you agree with that? Do you think they try to bring him back on the practice squad if they cut him? Or it's just gone? I guess. Like, they – I mean, it's better than not – I mean, if, if no one else wanted him, too, which they will, though, probably. <laughs> right. But if they didn't, then, yeah, I think they would take him. But, okay. Um, I see what you're saying. Uh, but that's why you might see, like, a trade in that instance, even if it's not for much. But, you know, like, a, you know, just back in the roster. Uh, at Cody underscore D4 asks, who would be the backup free safety if Rodney McLeod were to go down, especially considering Marcus Epps is hurt? Does Will Parks have the versatility to play single high safety? Yeah, for me, like Marcus Epps doesn't even enter, enter the equation. And mm-hmm. yeah, the answer for me would be Will Parks. He'd be the he, he played some some of that role uh, in Denver. I think it was Fran that maybe showed a little bit of uh, his his uh, you know game tape from. I don't know if it was last year or at at some point during his career in in uh, in Denver, and I did show some of the times where he was sort of the uh, deep middle guy. So it's that won't be a totally foreign thing for him. And Jalen Mills is lined up there too, to some extent. You know, yeah. not your full time guy, but he can take and will take reps there in that instance. Uh, I guess we'll do one more, and then we can take a break here. Okay. At Cumbleton asked, Jordan Mailata has a great chance to get solid reps and improve with the first team. Does he take advantage? Now, of course, I guess Cumbleton, our friend here, doesn't realize that Jordan Mailata was not at practice today. He's dealing with a upper body injury. I believe. It was upper body, yeah, day-to-day. Day-to-day. So that's not great for a player who needs all the reps he can get. <laughs> yeah. Well, what was the question again? Uh, does he have a great chance to get solid reps and improve with the first um, team? And I'll also lump this in with another question I got. I'm sorry, I can't. I don't think I have the name here. But they kind of pointed uh, out that, like, doesn't the fact that Mylata is getting first team looks kind of show that the coaching staff still has some kind of hopes for him and that maybe we're being too harsh on him? So lumping those questions into one. Yeah. So I would guess, I don't think. So for me, like the backup left tackle is Jason Peters. Maybe not in game. Like if Andre Diller went down in game, I don't think, you know, you're going to take JP and you're going to move him from right guard and put, kick him out to the left tackle and then insert Matt Pryor into the game. Like in that scenario, I don't think like you want to shake up the line that much in the, during the course of a game. But if Diller goes down and then like you have time to prepare for your next opponent, then I think JP is your backup left tackle. So no, I don't think that my lot is the, is the, backup left tackle and I don't think he's good enough to, to be the backup right tackle because he struggled so much doing it last year in practice so far it's been pretty clear that he doesn't like look comfortable on that side still so yeah I mean he is the backup left tackle right now but if I'm choosing between him and Prince Tego Winogo, I'm taking Prince Tego Winogo because I kind of have a fresh slate with him and you're looking at a guy there that you know many thought that like was I mean, before the college season began a year ago, 
people kind of had him pegged as like a potential first round pick. And I think like some, a lot of people thought of him as like a day two kind of talent by the time the draft came around, but he dropped because of, you know, knee problems. So if those knee problems really scare you off, then yeah, maybe, is that me with the ice cream man or you? Do you hear Not that? Me. I don't hear it. Oh, ice cream man's gone. Yeah, it's, it's me. And there's like, that's one, just the two, voices three, in your four, head again. Five, six. There's like six kids on bikes, like chasing them down. Like, uh, you ever listen? You ever, you ever listen to uh, Eddie Murphy, uh, Delirious? No. His whole ice cream man bit. <laughs> well, I'd recommend you do that. Uh, anyway, uh, I was rambling on about Jordan Mailata. Yeah, I, mean, I just don't think he's been very good. Certainly, he is the backup left tackle in practices right now. But I think that's kind of like just one of those things where like they don't want to put the rookie in there. Winogo, you know, they they've been very quick to put in Jalen Rager, of course. Uh, from day one, but I think that's a little bit of a different scenario. So, like, I mean, certainly they 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 have worked with Mylotta for a long time. Like, obviously, it was a project when they when they basically tried to turn him into a football player from a guy that didn't ever play football in his life. So they have a lot of invested in him in terms of um, you know trying to develop him as a, as a player. And I don't think obviously they're they're quite you know ready to give up on that just yet. But, uh, yeah, I just don't see him as a guy that you want playing in a regular season game right now. Yeah, I still, you know, we went over our 53-man rosters and I had him off. And I just, it's hard for me to see him making it just based on merit. Maybe the Eagles feel like they don't want to give up after investing all this much time in him. But, yeah, when you just, when you have Prince Tega and you have Jack Driscoll here now, I just think, I think he becomes more expendable. Now, again, obviously this injury, too, doesn't help his case. That's also another concern. He went on IRs for his two seasons with injuries, um, and now he's kind of dealing with another thing. So if it's his back again, that wouldn't be a good sign because that's what he was dealing with. Back would be upper years. body. And obviously just speculating. I don't know. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Jimmy, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. Uh, How yes. do I contact her? <laughs> you can contact her by phone at 856-906-9295. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors is, you know, I'm just going to come out and say it. She's the best realtor in the history of the universe. Boom. And if you are looking to buy or sell a home, you should call her immediately, 856-906-9295, or you can just email me. I'll get the word across to her. My email, very easy to remember, jimmy at phillyvoice.com. Brandon? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN Radio. I don't know if you can hear my dog. First of all, he was like digging at the carpet before that. 
before that break. And then he's like hacking something up here. As Charlie is joining the podcast here on episode um, 148 of training camp. We're just going through a mailbag here today since practice was light. I left off with my lotta. Now we have at W Rubez, so that's W-R-U-B-E-Z on Twitter, asks, what's your level of concern with Carson's inaccuracy in camp? I've seen bits and pieces and even heard a little bit of discussion with you, meaning me, and Jimmy. I've also heard he worked on his mechanics a lot this offseason from Rich Scangarello, though. Hoping it's a matter of adjustment, question mark? That's more your jam than mine, so I'll let you handle that. But I will say that he did throw a lot of touch passes today. Yes. (laughs) In the non-competitive, I guess, uh, step up from a walkthrough that they had today. But I'll I'll let you handle that one. That's, that's, That's sort of your jam. Okay. Um, yeah, I don't really have too much to add based on what I've already said, which is just that like I feel like he needs to put some more touch on it sometimes. I, I don't I don't know how much I make of the me- the mechanics thing with the Skangarello and everything. Um, you know, Skangarello said that, but we asked him about that today, so I don't. You know, I'm sure Carson Wentz is always working on his mechanics. If you want to posit the theory that maybe he's doing a little bit something different because Skangarello is here and it's a new influence, and maybe that's contributing to inaccuracy in training camp. Like, okay, I don't know. I can't really tell you that for sure. But that's a theory you could put out there. To me, it kind of just comes down to uh, just putting the touch on there. And also that in a game environment, um, I, I think it, you don't, you're not going to notice it as much too necessarily in practice. Because Carson Wentz isn't going to be attempting like four fade throws in a, a row like he was in, in the, in, you know, the other day when I kind of made that observation. And I just think when you put like the game plan in place with him and the bullets are live, and he's kind of allowed to like go and, and extend plays and run and make plays as much as he might be trying to force something and you know your structured practice setting that you know that's where you get to see him shine like like Carson Wentz at his best you're not always going to get to see him shine in practice because things he do well don't like things that he he does well like they don't lend always to a practice situation so like if I have to put like a level of concern on it which is what this question asks I'm like two out of ten it's like more than nothing which would be I guess you know one or zero out of ten. It's, it's two. You know, I'd like to see the accuracy cleaned up a little bit. Um, you know, don't sail those passes. Put some more touch on it. Uh, especially when it comes to the deep ball, you know. Look, yeah, like I, don't think he, I don't think he's been inaccurate really so much. Um, okay. It's just, it's just. Uh, I, I do agree with, with your point, though, that he, he does need to put more touch on some of his passes and trying to laser everything in. We'll see how it manifests in the regular season. If it yeah. does, then we'll, I'll point back to this. I'll look back at this and be like, okay, that was a concern. <laughs> And if it, if it doesn't appear at all, then I never said anything, and don't worry about it. <laughs> all right. At underscore Joel Bryant, um, very important question. If someone forced both of us, Jimmy, to change the way we spell our first names, how would we spell them? The pronunciation must stay the same. Yeah, well, mine's easy, because mine, there's, uh, there's J-I-M-M-I-E, which I hate. Like, I hate the way that looks. But, yeah, yeah that doesn't change the, uh, the, and the people do spell it that way. Which is the wrong way to spell it, clearly. But yeah, so that's an easy one for me. Yours is probably pretty easy too, right? What would you do with mine? Or what are you thinking? I don't know. I don't know. What the oh no, is. I guess maybe not, because like there's Brandon. No, but that's a different name to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's Brand. Is there a Branden like D E N? I don't I, think so. I was gonna say like maybe <laughs> I, maybe I instead of O. Yeah, like Brandon, Brandon. Cooks. Yeah, I could do that. There you go. So I would do that. I kind of wanted to like do something weird and maybe like throw an X in there somewhere, like just, you know, like Noah Tangiai, like silent, silent yeah, yeah, yeah. N in there, like some kind okay. of weird thing, um, or or no, oh, sorry, opposite of the silent, the hidden N. Last name's easy too. Like so, like my name is the Polish way of spelling it, S K I, 
if it were like the Jewish way of spelling it, it would be S K Y, but it would have been yes. it would be pronounced the same. So that was a good question. Yeah. <laughs> Turk down for what, ass? Let's say Jalen Hurts, assuming he takes the number two job, seeing some playing time this year, or sees some playing time this year, and plays lights out. Do the Eagles look to trade him in the offseason for a high pick and use another high pick on another quarterback for the quarterback factory, or do they keep him as a number two, or does it become a competition between Carson Wentz and Jalen Hurts? Wait. <laughs> I'm sorry, you have to repeat that again. Let's say Jalen Hurts, you know, plays this year, and he plays yeah. really good. Yeah. So what do the Eagles do with him, basically? What is the course of action from there? Yeah, I mean, that's a pretty broad question. But, yeah, I mean, you're just going to keep him. Like, if you, if you can trade – yeah, I mean, if you're trading him for, like, a, a couple first-round picks, yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, you know, if he's playing a lot and he's shown enough ability to bring in that kind of haul, theoretically he will have played a substantial amount of football – in which case you might not want to get rid of him because, again, Carson Wentz got hurt. Uh, so maybe he's just your guy going forward. It doesn't become a competition unless – for it to become a competition in my mind, it'd have to be like Carson Wentz gets hurt like early in week one and then Jalen Hurts like leads them to the Super Bowl and they win the Super Bowl <laughs> with Jalen Hurts. Like yeah. that, at that point – well, it's not even a competition. Or, or like point. a playoff – You know, even if they make the playoffs and they win a playoff game or something and uh-huh. he just has a really good season, then yeah, maybe it's a conversation. Well, then it's a competition, maybe. But if he yeah. wins the Super Bowl, it's just like his job. I oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You win a Super Bowl, that's it. You know, right. I mean, I mean, you, you. I shouldn't say that because then people are gonna be like, "Well, Nick Foles won the Super Bowl." Yeah, well, he didn't yeah, play yeah. The well, they wouldn't have yeah. been there if, if Carson Wentz hadn't been born. So, uh, <laughs> you know, but yeah, it's it's a broad question. But uh, yeah, if, if if Jalen Hurts plays enough to where like you're willing to trade him for far more than what you used to draft him then you might not want to do that because you're, you know, he, he outplayed Carson Wentz in some way. At Eugen Farty, what would be your dream trade for the Eagles now that wouldn't hamstring the team's cap situation? Is there a dream trade? You kind of threw out some trade ideas in that column. Yeah. Those are smaller okay, scale. So this, the, the guy that actually uh, we were just talking about him, Zach Berman and I were just talking about him uh, in practice the other day. But the guy who, and this isn't a, a quote unquote dream, <laughs> dream trade. Like it's not like a star player or anything like that. But I think a player that makes sense in the Eagles, in the Eagles case right now, is uh, Jalen Samuels, mm-hmm. the running back from North Carolina State, it was drafted by the Steelers a couple years ago. I think he's been in the league two years. Uh, had a really good rookie year. Uh, got used quite a bit. Not not so much in his second year. But he's a guy that has a lot of versatility in that he can play running back. He can play fullback. In college, he played tight end, and he played receiver. So he's a guy that can kind of fill sort of a Trey Burton kind of role, and that's sort of what they need now because they could use a tight end three. They could use a third tight end, and they mm-hmm. could use a fourth running back. So he kind of solves a lot of problems. He can play special teams uh, as well. There was like, uh, I guess I don't know, I don't know who it was, but I don't know who the the Steelers uh, athletic reporter is, but he had uh, Jalen Samuels off. Uh, their 53-man roster. This is going back a couple weeks, though. Um, so I don't know if that has changed or whatever. But they, he had him off. So if he's a guy that you know is, is available, then maybe you trade uh, Sidney Jones or Rizal Douglas or Jordan Mailata for a guy like that. And then he can sort of fill, like I said, a number of those different kinds of roles. That's where I was kind of looking to, tight end. Uh, and this isn't much of a dream trade again. But I'm just kind of going what's realistic. And yes. Yeah, I'm thinking like third tight end, fourth running back, 
you said that solves both. I was thinking maybe like a Royce Freeman. Okay. Um, who's looking good in Broncos camp, so they might just keep him. But like if he was available, that would be cool. Um, I guess my real answer, if we're talking about dream trade, it would be like trading Sidney Jones for something of value. That would be a dream trade. That would be great. Like yeah. You, you, you traded Sidney Jones for something of any kind of value because right now it is looking like he might not have made the team, possibly, and just doesn't have much value. So I know it would probably only be a draft pick, potentially, or I, I don't know. But, but yeah, Could, Do you think you'd even get a draft, a draft pick now for Sidney Jones? Like any uh, draft pick? Or do you think you're trading him for a player? I guess it kind of depends maybe if you can kind of get Andrew Barry or Joe Douglas to uh, to do that. Yeah. All right. Next. Um, at Eagles Mass again. Eagle underscore Mass, I should say. Another Sydney, Sydney Jones. Speaking of Sydney Jones, I don't think Sydney Jones has earned a spot. However, there are eight inactive players. Considering that this player would be inactive and he would be the only player that can play multiple positions... Does he have a leg up over a player that only plays the outside or slot? See, I'll disagree that he's the only guy that can play multiple positions. Yeah. Um, Craig James can. Yeah. I mean, almost all their corners can except for Azul. I'll disagree there, respectfully. But as far as him st- sticking on the roster and just being inactive on game day, like he's kind of he's got that rolled down pat right now in training camp. <laughs> he's not active any day anyway. I think if uh, you don't envision him suiting up on game day, I, I think it's just finally time to move on from him. Because, I mean, he has talent, but if he's not able to actually be reliable as a player. So the, the big problem with him last year, uh, you know, we saw him make a couple of plays at the end of games against the Giants, for example. He knocked down a slant to sort of ice that game. He made the play against Michael Gallup in the back of the end zone against the Cowboys. But the one thing that really got him in the doghouse last year was the game against the Vikings. And what happened, like, they all got toasted in that game. Like, Razul got toasted all day. Malcolm Jenkins had a bad day. Sidney Jones had a bad day, too, but maybe not as bad as Razul. But the thing that happened in that game was he took himself out of the game at one point. Craig James came in. Craig James got lit up on that drive when Cindy Jones wasn't in and gave up a touchdown on that drive. Cindy Jones eventually went back into that game, but he took himself out. And I think that's really what got him in the doghouse. And like even like Malcolm Jenkins had sort of a thinly veiled shot at Cindy Jones uh, after that game as well. So, you know, like I think that's sort of the game that, that made Schwartz really not trust him going forward. So if you don't trust the player and his availability, then whether he's, you know, whether he's active or inactive or whatever, he's not really of much use to to a guy like Schwartz who just wants to know that uh, if he puts a guy in the game, he's going to play and he's going to play with confidence and he's going to play with, uh, with 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 energy when Sidney Jones hasn't exhibited any of those traits. Yeah, I kind of talked about it when we did our roster projection thing here recently, but I, I kind of just want Craig James on my roster over him right now just because I know Craig James can play he, special teams. He plays teams. special teams too, yeah. And he's more versatile. Well, not necessarily more versatile, but I just I trust him more, which is, you know, maybe he doesn't have as big of an upside, but, like, you can't just delude yourself. Like, it, again, this isn't Madden, and, like, it's not always, like, you can just – there's infinite time. You can't just always can try to convince yourself that this guy has potential and you just keep hanging on, hanging on, hanging on. Like – and at some point, he has to earn his spot in the team, yeah. and he has not done that at all. He, he just hasn't. I had two plays last year that were great towards the end of the season. But, like, that's also small sample size. Like, that doesn't mean everything. That doesn't – like, I think people wanted to, like, extrapolate that so much. And I just – I don't know that you can. And 
it doesn't mean everything. You know, it's not like, oh, yeah, those two plays can't cut them now. Like, no, like it doesn't work like that. It, that it's cliche as it is. The NFL is a what have you done for me lately league and lately Sidney Jones has done nothing. He could use um, a fresh start too, I think. At we fill who's going to lose their starting position first, Jalen Mills or Andre Dillard? Dillard. Yeah. <laughs> Next. At Andy, 52-42-48-66, asks, rank these wide receivers in training camp. Jalen Rager, J.R. Thigo-Whiteside, Quez Watkins, and John Hightower. Okay, Best so players. we're just talking – we're not talking about expectations. We're just in talking about, camp. like, who like – if you were an alien and you got dropped off on the field, who – like, mm-hmm. you don't know anything about these guys at all and who's – like, rank them? Yeah. Okay. I would say Rager, mm-hmm. J.J. Yep. Uh-oh. High Hightower, Quez. Close between think those about two. It, though. Yeah, close between those two. I, I agree with that order, although – I could even be talked in the Hightower second. Uh, I, I think Hightower's best day was like pretty good out of all those other guys. Yeah, I mean, um, he had a great day that one day. Like he, he uh, it was the day that he dusted uh, Slay uh, mm-hmm. in the one on ones, and he had a diving catch over the middle, and he had a deep ball, I believe, against. I don't know if it was man coverage or, or whatever, but it was deep down the field, and the two guys in the area were Mills and Slay. Uh, so yeah, he he. Really, he he shined that day for sure. Quez has had a good camp. Like, they, they they've all been good, as we've said already in this podcast. But that would more. I mean, Rager, uh, JJ, Hightower, Quez, but really close between those last two. But I think one and two are 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 clear at least for me. At curse word that begins with an S. Stoke says, <laughs> I, "I love Stokes." <laughs> uh, is it fair to say since the Super Bowl, Howie Roseman has been a bad GM? Has brought in two players that have panned out in that time frame. He's the guy that has the sunglasses in his avatar, right? Yes, he is. Okay. Uh, has he been a bad GM since the Super Bowl? The Super Bowl. Well, yeah, I mean, he had a, I mean, even like his first press conference this offseason, um, he basically said, I got to do better. <laughs> like, so I think Howie would uh, would be the first to kind of say that he hasn't, he hasn't been great since that Super Bowl season. I think actually this offseason has been good. I think he's had, I think he's had a pretty good offseason this year, but certainly uh, the free agent moves that he made uh, the last couple years uh, have not panned out. Uh, we'll see. Still, I guess maybe to some sort of degree on the draft, uh, on the drafts th- those years, but uh, the free agent acquisitions that he had just weren't were not good the last two years. Whereas that Super Bowl season, pretty much everything he did turned to gold. Yeah, I've made my feelings on how he's yeah, well-known. Yeah. Um, don't think he should be fired or anything. I think he should be more under the microscope, and his feet should always be held to the fire, even if the team's doing great. Like I think there should be that kind of pressure on the GM, especially if you're going to go out and say, well, even if he didn't say it, but Doug said it, like this is the new normal, and I feel like they've had the potential to be a kind of dynasty team. If he had been better, um, then that's, that's the standard we should hold him to, and not just like... You know, are they faking the playoffs? Like that's that shouldn't be the standard. Like, oh, okay, they made the playoffs the last three years. He's not. He's above criticism. Like, no, not really. Right, not and me. and in the worst division in the NFL, at least it was last year. Yeah, at Football Joe, who I think you like Jimmy. You're always yeah, Football, about Joe. football he, Joe. He won the uh, the, Kelsey. The, the Kelsey contest, didn't he? Was that him? I think so. Okay, yeah, I think you're right. And, uh, and obviously, this is Football Joe. The L's are one, so it's at Football Eleven Joe. Oh, you know what? I just realized now that that's uh, an homage to Carson Wentz. There you go. I just realized that now. I think. Please confirm whether that's true or not, Football Joe. And I'll also know if you're listening to this episode or not, if you don't. Anyway, go ahead. That's true. 
What are your top favorite? Top, sorry. What are your top five favorite things to power rank? Example: cereals, candy bars, vacation destinations, etc. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <laughs> top five. I was, you know, you brought up ice cream earlier, Jimmy. I was thinking about we've talked about ice cream flavors before, but I guess in your times when you grew up in yeah. those days, uh, they had ice cream trucks, right? You'd go to the ice cream truck, you'd get the. Uh, yeah, one just went down my street, as, as, we, as we just noted. But what, what kind of what would you go for from that ice cream truck? Like if you were going, you, so, I guess even now, like if you were trying to go, yeah. With your daughter. So my daughter and I go to we go get ice cream quite a bit. Um, she always gets chocolate soft serve uh, in a cup with rainbow sprinkles. I get something very similar. I go uh, vanilla chocolate uh, soft serve swirl in a cone. Again, vanilla sprinkles. Very boring, bland, but that's that's my go-to. How about you? If we're, ta- if we're talking about ice cream truck, I, I, I'm a sucker for, like, the, when I was a kid, for, like, the themed ones. Like, the car- like you have, like, Sonic the Hedgehog. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. His face. Those are great. Like, I, I love that about the ice cream truck. There also used to be, like, this really good flavor that I would get. It was, like, it's like banana and chocolate. It was, like, double something like that. I forget exactly what it was, but it was great. I, I love that kind of combination, like, a banana and chocolate. Like, like peanut butter and chocolate. Love peanut butter. Um, that's my kind of speed. My buddy Mark got when he got married. Instead of having like instead of having like a traditional like wedding cake or whatever, uh, more traditional like wedding desserts or whatever, the the ice cream man was outside, and he, they were just like, "Yeah, go outside. The ice cream man's out there, and take whatever you want." And like, that's you know, awesome. In the paper or anything, obviously. <laughs> so there's like you know he's got like like grandmother sitting there eating a spider-man pop (laughs) (laughs) uh but to answer i'll I'll take it i'll take a shot at answering the question uh top five power rankings yeah it's kind of hard to do because it's just like you know what are are my favorite topics in general uh i would say food for me what's that i would just say food like i love to rank food i I always like talking about because like i like to like try places and try to like try the best places when i travel and stuff like i don't I don't just go to like any food place. Like I do my homework when it comes to that kind of stuff. Like I, I really want to like make sure I'm going to like the best spot or um, or something where they have something unique there that I can try. I don't want to just like wander around and go to somewhere I could be terrible. Like I really want to like. So I would say food because I just I, I, I take it seriously, too seriously even. <laughs> and uh, so I would love to rank like food basically. You know what I'll do, Football Joe? I will uh, – that's that's a little too, too – that requires a little too much thought that we don't have time to get to in the podcast. I'll tell you what. I will uh, mailbag that uh, the next time I do yeah. a, a, a written mailbag post. I would say pizza, actually, specifically, if, if you want more specific than food. Like, I love to rank pizza. Like, pizza is my favorite. So, What do you mean rank pizza? Like uh, – Like pizza places. Oh, like locally? Um, whatever, really. Or yeah. like national, what would be your national chain rankings? So like, I'll give you a few, uh, uh pizza, pizza hut, Domino's, yep. Papa John's, little Caesars. I miss any. I think that's like the big four, right? Yeah. Except okay. So four. rank, rank the, rank the big four. Um, to me, I, I have thought, <laughs> I listened to Doughboy's podcast, which is a really good podcast about fast food. It's really funny. Um, I know Bo Wolf is also a big listener. Um, I'm writing mine down now. So. I have Little Caesars number one, easily oh, first. All right. Um, they actually most best is the stuffed crust, like that. The value is so good there. The, the way we the, the, the what the, the, the extra most bestest. That's what it's called. That's actually <laughs> the, the the name of the pizza. Okay. I know it sounds ridiculous. I probably have Pizza Hut number two, 
Um, because like I kind of grew up more so with Pizza Hut. Like that was kind of the I never really went to chains, and I, I think chain pizza is weird if you live in the Northeast. Um, and I probably don't have the proper perspective on this because you pro- if you live in like I don't know an area like the Midwest or whatever, yeah, they don't have pizza, yeah. You're not getting real pizza out there, yeah. It probably is great there because it's like, you know, it's just, it's reliable. Whereas you go to these, you know, those mom and pop shops out there potentially who just don't know what they're doing with pizza. It's (laughs) terrible. At least that's my understanding of it from afar. So yeah, pizza, uh, number two to me. I don't go to chain pizza a lot. Um, Yeah, me neither. Respect to them, but I don't think, I just don't think you need to. Yeah. Um, But it has a place. I like it though. It shouldn't, it should exist. Like sometimes you just want like crappy pizza or not like crappy, but like, you know, like fast food like this chain kind of pizza it has yeah. its own niche um yeah so i would put little caesar number one pizza number two domino's is close three behind pizza hut just ne- didn't really get it as much like pizza was more it's kind of like you know did you grow up with like maybe mcdonald's or burger king more i kind of okay. just always went to pizza hut instead of domino's but i had domino's recently i thought it was pretty good like it was better than i kind of remember ever yeah. having it it was it was it was solid um no issues i think they also have some good deals um, it's like five ninety nine. You can get a bunch of different things. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, Papa John's to me, I <laughs> a di- would a distant fourth. Yes, it, it distant fourth. <laughs> um, it's just I think it's like more expensive too, and it's just I really the only context I would eat it like I, I wouldn't go out of my I would never like order it for myself. The only time I really have it is like when the Eagles used to get it for the media house, yeah. and I'd have it there. Pa- and I'd have Papa like John's used it. to be the the official pizza of the NFL. So the the Eagles would give us uh, Papa John's once a week uh, during the week during the regular season when we had you know like media access. So they would like we have our own little media house at the Novacare Complex, and uh, like one day it would be Wawa, one day it would be Papa John's. At one point they had Cadoba, which was great. That was the best that they had. Uh, but the Papa John's day, like the pizza would show up, and I would get like I would look at it, and I'd just be like, I don't even want to eat it. Like it doesn't even taste good. But, and it's going to make me feel like hell after I have it, but I'm hungry. <laughs> so I would just cave and eat it and I would just feel terrible. Like, and it wasn't that good for you. It didn't even taste good. And it like, it would make me feel bad. Like, like it would make my stomach hurt. Like every single time I hate Papa John's. And thankfully, uh, the Papa John guy turned out to be like a creep in some way. I forget exactly what he did. And they're no longer the sponsor of the NFL. So we don't get served that anymore at the Eagles Media House. So thank for, thankfully for that. So you would have what? What's your top So my top is Domino's and then Little Caesars by default. I haven't had Little Caesars okay. in ages. But Pizza Give Hut. Give it a try. It's good. Good value. Okay. Pizza Hut is whatever to me. And Papa John's, like I said, distant fourth. But Dom, what I like about Domino's, it's not even the, the pizza so much. It's uh, the other things they have. Like their cheesy bread is awesome. They have like uh, these boneless chicken nugget kind of things those are good and the one thing that's really good from there is like their thin crust pizza which again i really wouldn't call pizza so much as i would kind of more classify it as almost like a snack and it's just really good like i could eat a whole one of those no problem the other thing they have too is like this uh it's called like a marble brownie it's like (laughs) there's like nine pieces of it it comes in a pizza box and it's like the size of the pizza box. This it's basically like a huge brownie cut up into like nine different pizzas or nine different pieces, and uh, it's outstanding. But the problem is the only time I the only time like I'll ever order something like this is is if like I'm on the road and uh, like going to a game or something like that, and I just don't have time to go somewhere to eat. So I'll get like a Domino's or something like that, and I always wound up getting like that marble brownie thing, and 
you know, like if I'm working out at the time or like actually care about my, you know, whether I'm in shape or <laughs> like not fat or whatever, uh, like it's terrible to, to, to eat, like to, to order Domino's because I wind up getting that brownie thing. And it's, it, I, I can't say for sure, but it has to be just absolutely horrible for you. But still very tasty. If you want to get in on this pizza conversation, <laughs> listeners out there, hashtag BGN Pizza Rankings. Yeah. Let's hear from you. Let's see what you're, you're saying about these pizza chains. None of them are sponsors. But they, if they want to sponsor the podcast, I mean, please sure. feel free reach out. Jimmy, any final thoughts before we wrap up here? Uh, hmm. Well, just to go through the schedule. Uh, yes, we if any, do that. If anyone even cares uh, about our access. I mean, I guess they maybe they do. Like, if you enjoy the practice reports then mm-hmm. this will affect your reading. But we have, uh, so today is Tuesday. We're in practice on Wednesday and Thursday. Friday is a, is a day off for the team. And then we're there Saturday and Sunday. And then that's it. Like We don't get to uh, cover mm-hmm. any more training camp practices, which will effectively end uh, the training camp, the portion of training camp that you can actually read about. Uh, so that's a little bit of a bummer we would normally get you know, closer to like 15, 16, 17 practices uh, to watch, but just 12 this year, which is understandable, of course, given the circumstances, but uh, only four practices left that we'll be able to take notes on. Yeah, and I guess we'll probably be getting uh, live tackling slash thud uh, in pads this Friday before the, or sorry, this Thursday before the off day on Friday. So those will be some good notes on Thursday, hopefully, and a good podcast too to talk about that here on BGN Radio. Also, um, Cut down will be cut down day is a week from this Saturday. So oh, is it? Okay. Yeah, September fifth. Uh, they'll be cutting down from eighty to fifty-three. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sneaking so, up. So <laughs> season season's not far away. I know it's uh, what it's like nineteen or eighteen days away now. Yeah, it's it's coming up here soon. And obviously, you want to be following along here on the Bleeding Green Nation podcast feed. Make sure you subscribe if you haven't already. Somehow, uh, rate, review, download all those good things. Follow me on Twitter at Brandon Gown. Follow Jimmy on Twitter at Jimmy Kemsky. Check us out on bleedinggreennation.com and Jimmy's work on phillyvoice.com. You can follow BGN underscore radio on Twitter to get this uh, podcast feed podcast and no one new episodes are up that way. Also follow at Bleeding Green on Twitter. And that just about does it for this episode, episode, I said wrongly there, which is brought to you by Righteous Felon Craft Jerky. And you can go to RighteousFelon.com, use discount code BGN15 for 15% off. If you don't know what it's all about, go on the website and check it out and use the discount code and get yourself some because it's the same meat snacks that the Eagles eat. And I think that just about does it for this one. So next time, goodbye, everybody. B-G-N. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting Fundrise.com Fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at Fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. More to-dos, less time, and an infinite number of tools to keep track of. Sometimes doing business has never felt harder, but you don't need a miracle to hit your goals. You can just use HubSpot because their all-in-one customer platform can make growing your business infinitely easier. Imagine this, high quality leads, fast closing deals, 
wildly happy customers, and more benchmark-breaking quarters. It's not a miracle, it's HubSpot. Visit HubSpot.com to get started today.